News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, British ministers would be empowered to override the Northern Ireland Protocol almost in its entirety under legislation introduced at Westminster yesterday evening. And I spoke to Minister for Foreign Affairs Simon Coveney late last night and started by asking about his reaction to this move by Westminster. Well, look, it won't surprise listeners to uh, to hear that, that we're really disappointed by this um, decision by the British government. Um, we think this is a, a reckless move. Uh, we think it, uh, if this legislation takes effect, uh, it'll be illegal as well, uh, because effectively what is happening here is the British government is empowering its ministers to disapply uh, large elements of an international agreement, which is international law. Uh, and I think um, this is uh, effectively signalling uh, that, that the British government doesn't seem to be committed to negotiation with the EU to try and find common ground and compromise to solve problems um, in uh, linked to the Northern Ireland Protocol and instead is sending the message to the EU and to Ireland to either give us what we want or we're going to take it anyway. I mean, it's an extraordinary position for the British government to take, uh, particularly when they haven't made any effort at negotiation since the, the 11th of February. We understood that, that the negotiation would effectively uh, stall during the election and the election campaign in Northern Ireland. That's understandable. But we certainly expected that once the elections concluded in Northern Ireland, that the British government and their negotiating team would engage seriously with their EU counterparts. They've actually done the opposite. Uh, they've said that they're going to act unilaterally in a way that we regard as illegal, uh, uh, which is a breach uh, of a commitment to Ireland uh, it's a it's a breach of a treaty with the EU. And of course, it doesn't reflect uh, what the majority of people in Northern Ireland are asking for either. And uh, I would like to get to that with you in a moment. But can I just ask you that they're saying that it isn't illegal because of this idea, this doctrine of necessity, this idea that they can do this because it is so important it is a, a, of such grave necessity. What do you say to that? Oh, well, I don't accept it at all, because uh, that relies on this being the last and only resort uh, in terms of, of protecting a key national interest. And of course, it's not because there is an open negotiation. Um, so, I mean, let's wait and see what, what the lawyers say about that excuse uh, or, or that justification, I should say. Uh, but certainly from our perspective, this is not justified legally. Okay. Uh, it's going to really mark a, a low point in British-Irish relations and it's going to create real tension between the British government and the EU at a time when really we should be all working together in the face of Russian aggression on our continent. Uh, and, you know, there is a real irony here that at a time when we are all trying to hold Russia to account through international law, the British government is looking to set aside international law in terms of its commitments uh, that it signed up to and ratified. So are you... Are you comparing Boris Johnson's government's actions to those of Vladimir Putin's? No, I'm not. They're entirely separate issues. What I am saying is that at a time when, when countries in Europe need to be working together in the face of Russian aggression, we are now having to spend time uh, trying to resolve an issue that the British government has deliberately uh, just uh, turned into a point of friction between the British government and the Irish government and the British government and the EU, okay. and of course, uh, has created even more polarised opinion in Northern Ireland 
the majority of people in Northern Ireland, through their MLAs, uh, have sent a letter to Boris Johnson yesterday, 52 of the 90, saying that they do not want the British government to take this course of action. Uh, the, uh, the Ulster Unionist Party has also said that they want these issues resolved through negotiation. So not only is the British government acting in a way that's creating tension with other governments, but they're also acting in a way that does not reflect majority opinion in Northern Ireland. That letter that was sent by the Alliance, by the SDLP and by Sinn Féin, signed by 52 of the 90 members, does that completely blow out of the water the idea that Westminster is acting in good faith here, trying to fix this for the people of Northern Ireland? The fact that the majority of MLAs have asked them not to do this. I think the British government will have to explain their own justification, to be honest. But I, I think from my experience in, whatever, 23 years in politics, Northern Ireland works when the British government and Irish governments are working together, when we, when we compromise together, when we're in partnership, where we share a vision for the future. What the British government has decided to do here is to go it alone, to act unilaterally against the advice uh, of the Irish government um, in a way that's going to create... Um, and do you think that they've done it because... I know Liz, Liz Truss has denied this, but is this a negotiating tactic on the part of the UK? Perhaps. But if it's a negotiating tactic, uh, it's a very bad one uh, because it makes compromise more difficult, not easier. So negotiating with someone and they say to you, well, give me what I want or I'm going to take it from you anyway. It certainly makes compromise a lot more difficult. Um, This is a political tactic uh, that, in my view, makes no sense. And it's also a legal position. Uh, which also doesn't stand up either, okay. uh, which and is why, you know, many people have raised the question as to what is motivating this course of action. Is it, uh, is it about solving problems in Northern Ireland uh, or, or is it about British politics in Westminster? And is it, is it about pro- solving problems in the Tory party? Well, that's a matter for the Conservative Party uh, to, to comment on, not for me, but I think people can make up their own mind on that. With regard to the four things that they want to change, they want to bring in these red green channels for, for goods that will end up in the EU or goods that will stop within Northern Ireland. They want to change the, the ECJ. They want to change the stuff with, with tax and state aid and they want a dual regulatory system. Is there wriggle room, do you believe, on the part of the EU on any of those things? There is. Uh, I mean, on this idea of, uh, of green lanes and red lanes, in other words, making a distinction between goods that we can show and prove are being purchased and consumed in Northern Ireland versus goods that are at risk of travelling on into the EU. Mara Sefcovic, the EU negotiator, has made it very clear that he also wants to make that distinction and he wants to apply a very different risk management strategy uh, in the context of checks to goods that we know are staying in Northern Ireland. So we can deliver a lot uh, of what is being asked for in Northern Ireland to actually dramatically reduce checks on goods that are staying in Northern Ireland um, and then applying a different risk management regime to goods that are at risk uh, of traveling on into the EU. So, you know, those those proposals uh, that have come from the EU last October are not that hugely different to what's been proposed by the British government in that particular element. But of course, the British government isn't satisfied at that. They want to go beyond that. They don't want to have any restrictions in terms of VAT rates in Northern Ireland, despite Northern Ireland effectively being part of an of a shared EU single market for goods under the protocol. They don't want any restrictions on, on, on the state aid that they pay out in mm-hmm. Northern Ireland, despite the fact that they committed to consistency with EU regulations so that there's a level playing field within the EU. So 
they know they're asking for things that the EU can't give them. If they're asking for things that the EU can't give them, where do we go from here? Well, I think that's a good question. Uh, I think, you know, what you'll see now is the EU assessing this legislation legally. Um, They may well unfreeze the legal action that they had begun quite a number of months ago now uh, in response to this. But I think think the EU will want to be calm in its response um, because this legislation uh, is, is only a draft bill at the moment. Uh, it's not British law yet. Uh, and I think it's got a long way to go before it becomes law, because I think many in the Conservative Party will be very uncomfortable with this approach. Uh, breaching international law does not come uh, easily to, uh, to members of the Conservative Party. Um, and of course, the opposition within Westminster, I think, will be vehemently opposed to this. Uh, but we can't rely on that, of course. Uh, we have to plan uh, as Ireland and as the EU collectively for how we would respond if this were to become law. Because we cannot allow a situation where Ireland becomes the collateral damage uh, uh, of a reckless British government strategy on the Northern Ireland Protocol. And last question to you, Minister. Is this as bad as relations have ever been between the Irish and British governments? Well, certainly in my time, I haven't seen relations uh, uh, in this place before. We've always managed to work together Uh, to find ways forward, to provide stability, to help parties in Northern Ireland to bridge their differences and so on. Uh, Unfortunately, what we have now uh, is is a British government essentially setting aside that approach and commitment to partnership with the Irish government. Uh, And so we are in uncharted waters. Um, And certainly my focus will be on trying to rebuild relationships, but also being honest in terms of calling out the reckless nature of what the British government is currently proposing. Minister for Foreign Affairs Simon Coveney, thank you for that indeed. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.